Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. So first of all, therapy. I don't know, like sometimes people work with coach, but someone professional and on a consistent basis, not just when you're already kind of like dying out and burn out, you need to be investing in like mental health. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, this is Joe Peterson. I'm the vice president of cloud and security with Clarify 360. I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about a year, and I was drawn in by the energy and enthusiasm of the Women in Tech podcast. Esprit does a really great job in sharing stories of women in tech so that young female listeners can put themselves in the shoes of these women speaking. See, I strongly believe that if we don't show young women the way forward in tech by sharing our stories, then they won't know what's possible. The stories are what creates the value and inspiration. Great job, guys. LinkedIn presents... Olga Bortnikova, founder of Tripsider and uh, guest host of Women in Tech podcast. And uh, my aim here today is to introduce you and uh, let you be inspired by one more talented woman in tech. Today, my guest is Dasha Kroshkina, CEO and founder of Study Free. Dasha actually one of the most talented and experienced women that I know who completed Techstars and Berkeley uh, Skydeck Accelerators, became a winner of the Seedstar Global Competition and made it to the Forbes 30 under 40, 30 list. Dasha, glad to welcome you to the podcast. Hi, I'm so great to be here. Thanks so much for the intro. And I guess it's going to be super interesting because we've known each other for like four or five years since like the very first days of our startup. So like, you know, the whole journey. From like from the first seat. Yes, exactly, exactly. So that's why today we will talk uh, not just about uh, your startup, but about your way and how to be solo founder uh, in the world of tech and how to be a woman entrepreneur. And uh, but I thought for our guests, uh, firstly, would be great from you if you just uh, give us a little background of yourself and what do you do now and about your company? Yeah, awesome. I'd love to. Um, so I'm originally from Russia. I was like born, raised in like a very small township. Um, I guess I usually the way I started the pitch of my company, I usually say that, hey, I had this like huge world map over my desk and that's true. And I know all the capitals, knew all the capitals of all the countries. And it's actually also true, but never had a chance to travel, which is, by the way, could be awesome. Which worked to your startup as well. <laughs> I can 
mention <laughs> product placement. Um, yeah, at that time it was like financial constraints uh, being from emerging market and I wanted to see the world and uh, my way was to win lots of scholarships and grants. I spent like years scraping down the internet, trying to find opportunities. And at the end, I studied uh, for free, absolutely, because of the scholarships uh, in Spain, in China twice, did business school uh, in Asia, worked in Singapore, an investment bank, and also studied short-term in Stanford and States. Ended up speaking four languages fluently to some extent at some point of time. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still, yeah, it's still up to how many tequila shots I have and my Spanish comes back. Uh, <laughs> or pina coladas. <laughs> it's all about this, you know, like... <laughs> I never wanted to be founder. I guess like that. Sometimes people like ask me like, have I ever wanted to be? I actually didn't want to be. So like, I guess being raised in like post-Soviet Union country where like people really, you know, like chase stability and sovereignty, entrepreneurship was something like, oh my God, it's crazy. For me, my path to entrepreneurship and I was coming from finance background and like international finance. I was so eager to solve the problem I solved for myself and that's been creating equal opportunity um for people to study abroad and relocate because it just gave me everything like like what i did and i just couldn't stop thinking it's been like it actually took me almost three years to actually decide like hey uh go to hell investment bank because like high salaries there is no magic there and actually open my company so like for me becoming founder was just you know like a solution to solve the problem that i couldn't stop thinking about and i like this comparison that it's like how you fall in love if you can't stop thinking about this person, you know, like even when you sleep, that's, I mean, like, that's the person, like, that's the startup idea you want to you wanna do. And that never changed, you know, like over the past, how many, like four years, I guess. No, I think four. Yeah, we, I need to recalculate. Re well, it feels like under 20. <laughs> At the same time, it feels like it's been, maybe not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, when we met, you know, like in like uh, incubator program in the, the common room. <laughs> Um, yeah, early, early, early stage, right? Yeah. First, first sales didn't know anything about startups, uh, but yeah, that's what a company does. We help students to get connected with international uh, opportunities, international study programs, scholarships, and have a community-driven SaaS platform that automatically helps people to get uh, education, get funding, uh, relocate, get a job, and be successful afterwards. And we primarily work with emerging markets, so like students from. India, Africa, Eastern Europe, and um, Latin America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a, a great and huge history of uh, the startup, and uh, you know, like when I run my company, I usually uh, get inspired by reviews and stories our travelers and uh, like you built company for run company for around four or five years and uh, tell me what's uh, a story some maybe one of the stories that you remember that took part in your heart in your heart from your users that inspired you oh my god i love it so i think i think first of all that's the the major motivation and inspiration for like every founder because like when you see your product bring value and Especially, like, I mean, like, I'm talking right now, I have, like, goose napkins. <laughs> and, like, especially when, like, the, the story, you know, like, the problem you're solving is so personal, you know, like, I can I can relate with, like, every student that we helped. And we helped, like, to get more than four millions of 
no, 40 millions of US dollars in scholarships over the past years. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's like, I remember, I think it was like in the early days, there's like a few stories. There was like one girl and uh, unfortunately she was raised without parents and there was only her grandmother who could help her, but she was so dedicated to, you know, like in, uh, in sports and it was like tennis and she really wanted to study abroad. And I remember like, and she was like 15 and she was like so mature, so dedicated. And I remember like she, she came to us and she was like, I want to do like everything, but like there's like a whole bunch of things I cannot do. I don't know how to do it myself and but I don't have like money. I mean, like I'm, I'm, and she was like training, working, studying, learning languages. And I was like, oh my God. And at that time I was like, hey, you know, like uh, we're going to help you like the best we can, but like I can also help you to get like the job easily to earn money. So like not just to give you, but like I do believe there should be like a balance. You should earn it. It's like, hey, you know, there's like some, you know, like volunteering function like in, in our company and it's going to be very easy money for you. You're just going to be, you know, like making money as you're preparing for your admission. And we help her and she got full scholarship, which is like super competitive, almost impossible in the United States. And she didn't pay a penny for this. And um, so I was like so inspired. Like moved, and we even managed to get like some financial support for plane tickets. So she pretty much, you know, like it was just like insurance and admission. I think it was like the first one because I mean, like she just inspired me so much. I, I always believed that I was dedicated, but like I never did, you know, like working three jobs, being professional sport person and a professional athlete, and studying and admitting, you know, like at the age of fifteen. So like those stories just inspired so much. I think the the second story was about like how we can actually how like everyone can do this not just you know like super bright students it's when we had a girl she was from a um, small township uh in russia and she was working as a cashier in ikea and she wanted to study for free in sweden and it has government scholarship but it's super competitive like only six people out of country get it it's just like insane she didn't have money you know, like uh, achievements, you know, like, and, and all of this. And the way we managed to build her story around her experience of working in IKEA and, you know, like that sending her to Sweden, which is actually the original country of, of the IKEA. I was like, hey, I want to learn all this, like, social responsibility and, you know, like green practices, how to build a company and so on. I'm going to be coming back to Russia, you know, like and changing and improving, um, you know, like ecology. And she was from Yekaterinburg, which is like heavy industrial place. So I was like, ecology was like a huge thing. And she actually managed to win a scholarship. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> if we can actually manage to turn the stories in the way, you know, like people, I mean, like we, we can hack it. And I guess like the third, uh, one of my favorite stories, and it was something like more connected to our company. When we had a student who came to us and she got with our, uh, with our product to Germany with a scholarship. And then she became a mentor in our community. And later she became community manager and employee in the company because she liked the company so much. And she went like through the whole process of getting to the school with us, moving to Germany, helping other students, and then being a part of the company. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This kind of story is driven really great. And uh, like it's, it's when you wake up, you usually remember all the stories, remember all these people, and uh, you want to go faster and faster to scale bigger and bigger. But uh, when you run company by yourself, you usually work, and I know that you work with a lot of mentors, and uh, tell how you build the system of working with uh, your mentors, 
how you like maybe choose them or how you organize everything? I mean, like advisors, company advisors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so first of all, and maybe your personal mentors. Yeah. So yeah. like I would say, I just personally really heavily rely on external help and advice. I'm solo founder, so I need like other, you know, like thinking shoulders to reflect, to think. So like I need to, and plus diversify my company from like just like solo mind risk. And uh, that's like my basic practice is like when the problem happens, I go and ask people. And I think we talked about this, that like what is like the best way to search for the information. You either go to search in Google or you go to ask people. I go to ask people right away. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Hey, do you have to meet for a call? <laughs> <laughs> it's like in a meme, you know, I'm introvert. I will Google it. No, I'm extrovert. I will ask everybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm introvert because you know, like I'm usually the first one to leave parties, but <laughs> or like never go to parties. But when it comes to business, I'm not usually extroverted. Um, so yeah, and that's like I have like lots of mentors and advisors. Uh, I think the way I was usually selecting them is is really about like building a relationship early on, and not really rushing into this. But like the way I was looking into like, hey, like first, how can I understand that like this like the correct advisor, like the mentor. Like this person is genuinely interested in what's going on. They don't talk about like equity or like cash right away. You know, like you can explain. And then like I remember like one of the my favorite signs that like you haven't talked for like a few weeks, and then they just get email like, hey, I I saw this ad and I thought you know like you could use it. So you kind of like realize the person was thinking about you on the back of their mind. It's like okay, that's that's the right, and they're just willing to help and. You just then willing to give them equity or like, I don't know, like something else. I think that's important from like one side. From another side, it's really important to really update. And I think like that's something like when you build relationship, not just ask, but then like even like something haven't worked out or like have worked out, you know, like from the recommendation, you follow up. And this way, you know, like you can like build connection with the people. Like they need to be engaged, you know, like stay engaged with what's going on. Like, hey, you know, like we, we talked like a month ago about this. That's how it turned out on our side. So like it's kind of like you know like show the gratitude to people and like they're gonna be very much emotionally invested in like what you build and it's like all about like giving and uh, and receiving but like the idea of give first you give first and it does not have to be usually it's not equity or cash that's the last thing uh, people ask and hear about and you, you just you, you just offer because you want these people to be part of your journey long term. Right, right. And who was your mentor in getting to where you are today? Yeah, this like takes a whole village, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, our first mentors uh, actually came from Sisters World Competitions. Actually, the great place how you can be exposed to great international mentors is taking part in like different com- like startup competition when you on the stage and usually people who like in the jury are like listening they can become interested because like when you're not in the states and you don't have access to great people it's usually really difficult to kind of like just be exposed to them and build like first connections so it was boss uh from like seed stars boss Gotska, he was like the very first advisor um the rest uh we usually so we've been into Texters new york and berkeley skydeck and we um one of the mentors we've been working they become our advisor we had like duta Satatip, he was um, ex-chief customer officer on Pinterest. We've been working with him. So, like, we kind of, like, worked just to work with them, and we saw, and then, like, it just, like, offered and have, like, Joel, 
uh, from Techstars, his ex-entrepreneur. And I think it's really important not just to have as advisors people who like great in their vertical, but actually to have founders, especially serial founders. Because you need to have founder-to-founder relations. Because like, no one can understand. Someone's going to be top manager. They're going to understand what you're going through. And uh, yeah, we have right now head of customer uh, experience at DoorDash. We have, you know, like community manager from Canva, Yana, you know. Actually, thanks to you, you, you made an intro <laughs> back at that time. <laughs> yeah, so we have a whole bunch of, but I guess it's usually based on like two verticals. It's either ex-entrepreneurs and founders uh, who like build something uh, in like in, in the way that I want to have my company or like someone who's like really exceptionally great in the vertical, like for example, product, customer, community, customer experience or like something like this. How did you do your like first step when you want to start to work with the, some specific mentor or advisor? What do you do like? usually you ask for the advice you say like hey and i think that's really i mean well of course it depends like if you're doing the cold outreach or you have like warm intro but i think it's really important to show why you approach specifically this person that you made your background research and you at least somehow committed you know like and invested and uh because the person on the other side is going to be invested less 30 minutes in the call you need to show that you invested much more and that's kind of like form of give first it's like hey i know you built x y and that and you helped you know like a b c d companies and we do blah 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 and i want i want to ask you advice on a very specific topics like there is nothing um there's nothing worse than sending a generic request hey i wanted to talk and share what we do do they're like super busy they're like running, I don't know, like billion dollar companies. I mean, like sometimes just show that you actually invest in the why specifically this person and why they can actually, because they actually want to be helpful. They want to see that they, that their experience is going to be help, you know, like helpful. I usually have like 100% response rate, but I also work on like warm intros and like warm intros you can get either like when you expose like different conferences or like from like other founders. And just building a network of founders, that's like one of the most important because they can introduce you to advisors, uh, investors, and all of this. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just have a first call. And I think it's really important to have a connection on like founder level because in early stages, they invest in the problem that you're solving and in the team, you know, like and invest like time as well. Product can change, you know, like the zillion times, you know, like we've been doing pivots for like, I don't know how many times five years so like if they can personally emotionally be invested into the problem and they can see that you're actually the person who would like to work for the next two years and having a conversation like once a month that's pretty much what you like that's what all you should you know like show in the first and then follow up uh do updates i was doing actually uh monthly updates separate for like investors or like advisors just to keep them in the loop and maybe like bring them down for the conversation like every month or like every three months. It depends on the dynamics in the company, how busy they are. But you can feel the chemistry, right? It's like a dating. I'm not really successful in, the date, in dating and, you know, like I'm complaining a lot about this, but I'm definitely successful in advisors. So like, but it still feels like, you know, like, uh, like dating. I know that uh, through these four years, you go through like uh, different challenges because uh, as a founder, you're always faced with uh, something new one. What was the three or maybe like one, but uh, really main challenge uh, that you faced with? And uh, like, what do you think? What was the top three? Mm, that's a good question, especially after the past year uh, when you had to survive through the 
uh, you know, like war and, and, and the rest. I honestly think like the major challenges the founders face in is usually the challenges that you have inside your head. And that's maybe sometimes, you know, like emotional or like, I don't know, like our own like constraints because the rest, like pretty much we can, there's like all those people, there's like 10 billion people on the planet that plus like one of few of them know how to solve the problem. Yeah, I'm going to like, I think the first one I would say is going to be maybe like something um, I just discovered recently. Uh, you know, like I'm like super, uh, I'm like super empathetic person. And I'm also like the one who's like usually very engaged, you know, like, and it was like my first company, you know, like my first time being, um, you know, like a manager and being a founder. And I guess I was initially being too invested, you know, like into like being like really close with my team and really helping them with everything and kind of like saving them. That's kind of like created a lack of boundaries. And then like when you have crisis happening, you know, like and everything, um, all the relationships with people like very, um, how to say this? Uh, I don't know how to say in English. So like they pretty much, you know, like you cannot just change them in the moment. You know, they keep following the same existing pattern. So like, I guess like for me, like the, to actually find a way to build a very strong boundaries, but at the same time remaining uh, very sympathetic and empathetic person and not letting lots of things to touch me personally, emotional. That was like the first challenge. Because um, otherwise, you know, like stress and you know, like anxiety and all of this, yeah, uh, can really um, can really wear you out, especially when you solo founder. So um, this is like something we really should need to take care about. The second one, I think, uh, it's kind of like coming from the first is um, most challenge to understand and accept and start acting from this point of view that you're actually like founder, you are actually the most important because like you're not a resource to the company you, because like, you know, like we, and I think like, you know, like we tend to put ourselves at the very last, you know, like place, especially when it's like first company. And, you know, like we just, I don't know, we're the, first, we're the last people to raise the salary with the last people to go to sleep and so on. And it's also some, some kind of like about boundaries, but it's much more about like personal attitude towards, Hey, I'm not the least important person here I'm actually the first important person because I'm dealing with the most difficult I mean like we need to take the most difficult decisions and we need to take the most responsibility and prioritizing ourselves from the very first days in terms of uh, physical health you know like uh, emotional health uh, I don't know boundaries sometimes financially as well because we bear the most you know like risk I think this was also like the challenge for me to understand and that kind of like brought the following the concept, I mean, like had burnout, you know, like, like, you know, like, and then like, you cannot really work efficiently and so on and so forth. Yeah. I think that would be major too, because like, of course we can say like, Hey, building the product, Hey, scalability, Hey, hiring. But at the end of the day, you know, like I think many companies have been down this road, you know, like we started with like pretty much, you know, like bootstrapping, not having any investments and then building the company, building the product, raising funds, going through the first scalability, growing internationally, that's been all a challenge, but it feels like much more task. And you can always find advisors. I think like when you have right mindset on the right place, you can approach every task and, you know, like find resources for the whole in the most efficient way. And I think getting your mindset, especially in, in, in boundaries and prioritization and boundaries as well, uh, right from the very first days, that's the most important. I think like that's where, a lot of founders, especially first-time founders, that's where we face the most, especially female founders, because we tend to, you know, like 
this like mother instinct towards our employees in the company that does not help. I mean, like it helps in one place, but like at the end of the day, it might not help you personally and you're going to be just exhausted and, but you cannot because you're like the most important, most important person in the company. How do you overcome these challenges? You said about the emotional part. It's the most important thing that uh, people faced with uh, when they run the company because uh, it's usually all everything is uh, like momentum like when you face with this but if you try to overcome some challenges you need to be really strong how you what is your system how you work with emotion uh so first of all therapy don't wait until you burn out and lay on the floor that was my part where i went to uh, work with like therapy and I don't know, like sometimes people work with coach, but someone professional and on a consistent basis, not just when you're already kind of like dying out and burn out, you need to be investing in like mental health. Second is uh, your close friends, your network, your community is like, it's immense support. And I'm super proud, the most proud, I guess, uh, of relationship that I built with my friends and like you're being one of them. And we like, you can, you can not overestimate the importance, you know, like of sometimes talking to people who can really understand you and really genuinely, you know, like support you or like be genuinely happy. Like, you know, like we, we had this, like so many times we've had these conversations where we've been just, you know, like, I don't know, like destroyed, burnout, I don't know, like stressed. And you just hear people, you know, like hearing you out and being there for you. And I guess building really close relationship, important relationship with the people who can really understand you. That's really one of the most important things and uh i would just say i wouldn't say that can replay therapy because you know like we're all humans and like at the end of the day it's going to be blind leading blind sometimes <laughs> but you have like active listening and acceptance and you know like sympathy that's really important and that's a lot of about like routines and um that i do like daily you know like i don't know meditations and breathing you know like sometimes people do journaling doesn't really work for me unless texting in like group chats with friends is come to put like journaling then like in this way yeah i think our resource and our state and our energy levels it's really about what we do consistently small actions that we do consistently on like daily basis and how like much we like invested in like building very efficient self-care routines of like healthy eating you know like uh sunshine sunlight uh exercising doesn't really takes you know like millions and super uh, difficult, complicated steps to to be, you know, like healthy. But when it comes to emotions, just having the right people around you. And uh, what kind of advice would you have given yourself like five years ago? That's a very <laughs> good question. I think like the the ones that's that's interesting. You know, like what I said just right now in terms of you know like prioritizing myself, building boundaries, and so on. Uh, I was told many times, but like my advisors, and by the way, you don't always follow the recommendation of your advisors, so like mentors, like more experienced. And I was like, ah, I will not be burned out. I have unlimited energy. I I'm good. You know, like I'm actually good in everything correctly. And I do think, you know, like that sometimes you actually need to live through this to actually understand how important it is. So like sometimes, you know, like, and, and you know myself, um, I'm really not a fan of like unwelcomed um, advices. So like, I'm like, hey, I haven't asked you for this. So uh, I don't know, like, I think even if I would tell myself all of the things I just told you on like in this podcast, 
I wouldn't listen. I would be like, no, I'm a superhero. I'm just going to be building all of this. And maybe like I would not go to therapy until like I was laying on the floor. So I think <laughs> I would still have to <laughs> through all of this uh, nightmare to be able you know, to be where I am. Maybe some people are like smart. Maybe I don't know, like listen to other people sometimes, you know, like and but um, just accepting your own limitations and be okay with this. Uh, that's going to be the first step to prioritizing your well-being, you know, like your like mental health and physical health. But again, I'm not sure I would listen back at the time. I was like 25. I was like, I can do anything. I cannot sleep. I can like work without sleeping, eating and, and so on. So like I was pretty much stubborn. So I'm not sure anything would help. <laughs> For the rest of the people who actually might listen to others. So like everything I said about emotional well-being, please listen to this. It's actually important. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That never works, Dasha. Never works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What next for you now? Uh that's good. Uh, well, we we kind of like well, you know, like we kind of like we like restructuring the current business. We like going like Hobart was like uh, gonna be going Hobart was like different global brand, and then like uh, having like super separate path for like current company. But I guess, like, the way I approach, you know, like, entrepreneurship and being founder is extremely different right now. So, like, if I wanted to be, like, I don't know, like, I guess, like, when you first founder, you, like, really thrive, like, sometimes recognition and being a hero. Right now, I just really want to find the most balanced way to build a company. You know, like, when you have, you know, like, financial, uh, you know, like, emotional, physical, I don't know, like, safety, balance, you know, like, resources, all of this. And not, you know, like, we've been talking a lot about this, building a company, not because, you know, like, you're struggling, you know, like, and suffering all the time, but actually finding a way to, you know, like, make it an easy way, not to jump, you know, like, at the most complicated ways of doing things, being proud of this, but actually sometimes finding the easiest way. And it's not something very much common in entrepreneurship, because, you know, like, founders, like, hey, let's uh, compete who suffer the most. So I think, like, for me, you know, like, personally, to find this, like, the most balanced way to still deliver the value and get rid of like all the necessary things and be at the same time very happy and resourceful and balanced for myself. That's something like kind of like the journey I'm looking forward to. Yeah, thank you. And what a woman in tech inspires you? Uh, you first, uh, all my female friends. Uh, I'm, I'm very uh, fortunate to have uh, a really strong um uh, friendship with amazing strong women and we have this like uh, girls uh, chat where like all the girls and my friends are either like CEOs or like founders co-founders amazing companies and I think like those the closest people like five six people around me are like the my uh, major inspiration uh, and motivation and you of course being one of them yeah, thank you very much for this word, words. Uh, I really appreciate our chats and uh, it's truly so helpful when you can uh, just uh, random chat with somebody who faced with the same problem or with the same crisis or sometimes have uh, the pretty the same experience and you feel like you're not alone, girl. You're like, you are the band, right? 100%. And I just like wish everyone, you know, like found this, you know, like uh, crowd of uh, equally insane in a good way people uh, where you feel like if you have this like sense of belonging, because that's one of the most crucial things in life overall. Best resource for tech. 
like websites uh maybe uh, for like some app or maybe that you use i like the product circle that's something for the community driven products that's something i realized like found out like a few uh few weeks ago and i think that's the most amazing for the community driven companies and pretty much has like everything so like if you do kind of like consumer uh around product or like anything and building community circle yeah really strongly recommend it just saves you like millions of dollars of development Thank you for being here today. Tell me one thing the listener can do to support you. I think Instagram uh, is the best way. Uh, um, I guess like my Instagram account is Kroshkat, uh, K-R-O-S-H-K-A-D. Uh, so that, that, that's the best way to connect and I'm like the most responsive there as well. And I don't know, I think like we can always support each other in the best way when you do something good for people, uh, any person in the world. And I do believe that you know, this like positive energy and, and hope, you know, like always multiplies and comes back to you. So like you can do like anything good for anyone, you know, like even like a random person on the street and it's going to be um, super helpful at the end for the, I don't know, like whole society. So that's the best way. So Dasha. Thank you again for being here and sharing your wisdom with us and your story. It's really important to have uh, mentors uh, when you run a business or like uh, try to uh, scale your career and develop your career. Thank you for being here today with us. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.